This morning's Dharma talk is titled, Just Observe, number 10. So I have a lot to say about that. And if you listen to several of those Just Observe talks, you'll hear that they're all identical. Aren't they? Pretty close. Actually, I rarely uh, repeat things exactly because I can't remember much. So, but I'm very much uh, all about uh, uh, the idea of repetition, of using awareness practice in a repetitive way, so that you, because if you don't, uh, if you don't do that, then we get snagged in almost invisibly by a repetition that is about ignorance. We get snagged by thinking, assuming, imputing that we're very clear about something when actually we're looking at exactly something we've invented or made up. It's not true. I'm sure you can locate something in your uh, memory banks that shows up in that way. And so this is why I recommend, highly recommend, that your practice, uh, in your practice that you... uh, continually repeat um, and return to that simple idea. Just observe. Anytime you get in a, in a difficult, emotional, something that's going on with you that has a lot of uh, little story tags on it and everything, just observe. And you can do that through all the senses. You could even go back and forth through the senses and, and find... You can actually, if you're really, really upset, you can find that experience in the sense of taste. Sense fields are not separate from each other. They just look like it. We imagine they are. Excuse me. You can just observe the observing. You can observe that you're looking at something that you're not particularly adding on. You're not analyzing um, uh, elaborating, taking something and turning it into something else, ter- interpreting. You know what it's like when you interpret? You look at something and then you interpret. You look at what it is and you change it into something else. Don't do that. Or if you do do that spontaneously, then just observe that you're doing that. And this way, over time, which is one of the few things we've got to work with, the illusion of time, you will get closer and closer to actually direct perception. And this is what this path is about, the direct perception of emptiness. It's not something you can think up. It's not something you can generate uh, conceptually and just make yourself do. It's something you have to stop avoiding. So this could be happening uh, in a store, a restaurant, or in your home or something. You could just notice the color of something. And you could use that noticing as a uh, starting place for, you just see something that is red without knowing what it is you're looking at. Maybe not even the, the color red itself, the name red doesn't show up. You actually see red, experience red, receive red, observe red with no words time to do this. This is why we have a monastery. We have a building. (laughs) This is not a club. 
This is not a, uh, it's not a cult. You know why it's not a cult? You want to test it? Leave and see if anybody chases you. <clears throat> Everybody's respected here. We don't want you to leave. We think you should stay. But that's how it looks to us. If you left, like we had a few people do, we think, well, we just have to trust them to do, even though it kind of looks like they're thinking is skewed a little bit. That is their business. It's their karma. They may, they may have to go through three more lifetimes of continually thinking that their thought patterns are correct. Watch your thought patterns without believing them, without disbelieving them, and without shutting down or looking away or distracting yourself from them. It is possible to do that. You can actually have incredibly uh, difficult, obstructive, painful, scary thought patterns without giving them any validation and without stopping. You try to stop them, you're validating them. Don't do it. Don't do anything. Be miserable. You're not going to see that much on YouTube. Well, what do I mean by that? I'm not saying indulge in that. I'm saying feel the difficulty you're having so that you can understand it rather than lay some kind of salve or some kind of temporary uh, situation on top of it. That being said, there's also times when that might need to be done, but it should come out of your understanding of your awareness of the situation rather than your thinking, thinking, mentation out of thinking about it, thinking about it, analyzing, weighing things. All evidence is partial. If you're using evidence for anything, suspect. This works in the, in the totally relative world of uh, <clears throat> uh, crime and punishment. I mean, it looks like it works. Fundamentally, you can't find the first cause of anything. What else should we talk about? Yes, sir. Is direct perception continuous? It does, you can't apply it to that because that, that the, the very continuous part means it's something that starts up and has a duration and then shuts down. So you, it doesn't apply. Direct perception is happening all the time. It's just the na your nature is direct perception. Your nature is wisdom. Your nature is Buddha nature. Just do away with the word Buddha. Do away with the word nature. This is your nature. Just don't, just don't cover it up. We cover it up out of hope and fear. Hope that things will get better. Fear that they're going to get worse. The second noble truth of the Buddha. Wanting things to be different than they are. More? Um, it seems hard to see how it doesn't play into something like temporal. If we're practicing, it seems like we're practicing towards something. So I'm just wondering what it is if it's not something that occurs. But we're practicing towards something. We have to have some kind of a journey quality happening. Excuse me. But we, we start there. The provisional teachings start us out as a very, it's a very provisional structure that we have to work with. But eventually we begin to see, when you start to hear these words, you begin to see that you really don't need reference points. Reference points are extra. Reference, reference points separate us into our ego as opposed to someone else's ego or our, our situation as opposed to some other situation. Separation. More? Further questions?
Yes. You talk about believing thought patterns. Yes. Um, in my work situation, since uh, I have to work from 11 to 5 on weekdays, yes. sometimes I have thoughts show up like I should make time to sit more, I need to do a block sit, um, and it seems like that those thoughts are needed to be believed, but it seems like I get caught in some kind of trap, and I'm wondering how I can work with that. Uh, don't, don't do anything with them. You know, they're relatively, they're true. I mean, you're a meditator, you, you want, you're living in a monastery, uh, there's structures here so you don't have to have any thoughts about it you just hear the con and bell and it's time to sit don't have to think about it that's why it's set up that way so it can be as simple as possible look at the thoughts hear what's what's being what's happening there but don't don't do anything extra with it don't supercharge it or something or get it to spin back around and come back and keep hitting you over and over again it would be difficult for me to understand Although I have my own experience of thoughts arising, similar kinds of thoughts, you know, I should um, eat less food, or I should be more careful about my diet or exercise or whatever. But it's it's something it's something for you to observe, to bring as much observation on that situation as you can. Don't get rid of the thought pattern. Don't fluff it up. Don't turn away from it. Don't convert it into something else. Don't translate it into some other language and just experience it more. Uh, it just seems like there's a strategy that shows up. Like, oh, I'll wake up. Like, for instance, I was planning on waking up early today and coming to the cushion, but instead mm -hmm. I just slept in. So since I slept in and I came to the cushion at the normal time, I was thinking maybe I should have gotten up. So mm -hmm. that sort of shows up. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you. That's very, very good. So everything that you said there, you could actually write all that down. And because everything you said there is awareness. There's no living being. There's no person there. Everyone, everyone needs to discover that. There's no, there's a living being, but it's not a, it's not a, an individual. We're, we're part of that. There isn't anything we're part of. We're not separate from anything. So the very thing that happened there, that whole scenario that happened is just awareness. The most important aspect of what you just described is the awareness of those forms moving back and forth and back and forth. More about that? How does that point to there being no living being? Takes time. Nothing lasts. So anything that looks like something is going down. In a speedy way or in a slow way. I mean, 50 years or 15 minutes. Um, when should and shouldn't arise in the mind, what's, is that just something that we should observe? Yeah. You know, just look at it. I should do this, I shouldn't do that. Or if you're, if you're caught on a hook there where you're trying to decide what to do. If you, if you have an either or coming up, uh, this is the very nature of either or is, uh, is uh, confusion and insanity. There are no choices. The, the whole idea of someone saying you need to make the right choices, this is a control mentality. And I'm not saying there aren't all kinds of psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists, all kinds of coaches, life coaches or whatever. And I don't mean to mock them because they're helping people and people need that kind of help so they should keep doing it. I'm just saying if you're in this room, I don't look at it that way. I don't teach it that way. And I, I didn't do any teaching for 35 years, particularly. 
I just listen to other people. Yes. So if when that arises, that's sort of a version of insanity, then that just feels like crap. I don't, I don't know. It should feel like crap. But look where you're at. You're in a, in a place that you're protected. You're able to look at the, all that kind of stuff. You're able to look at that. You're able to, to be with that and no longer separate yourself from, and try to escape things that are uh, fundamentally unreal. You're able to just be that. I'm not saying it doesn't feel like crap. This is, that's what Buddha was not bullshitting when he said life is suffering. The cause is desire. He didn't say suffering part-time. Most people are shut off from the kinds of suffering that are happening all the time. Shannon. Um, well, in truth, doesn't it stuff like that just feel like crap when you're believing the story? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying, you know, Oh, so then you should try to not believe the story so you feel better, you know? When I say, and that's good, so what I talk about, this is a very it's subtle, I guess, it's just observe that you're believing. You don't have to stop believing. You don't have to believe, you don't have to disbelieve, and don't look away. Just look at that. If you look at it, then the truth, which is not separate, begins to appear. And to the self-centered mind, this is threatening because this threatens the self-centered separation of ego. And this can be a ter- uh, 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 be like being terrorized. Just observe. This is what, num- number 10. Just, so just, part. So then it becomes like, I'm just observing myself feeling like crap because I'm believing No, wait, wait, wait. Story. All the stuff that you just said is extra. Extra. Yeah, you said, I'm just, as soon as you say, I'm just believing, all believing is, all investigation is stopped. As soon as you describe a, a belief, uh, uh, an observer, you, 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 the observing has to happen uh, without anything extra behind it, no identity behind it. And this is the only way that can happen, as far as I know, I'm not saying there isn't some magic potion somewhere, but to sit down and train the mind to observe, 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 sit down, hold still, watch the mind, watch the craziness of the mind appear, and disappear, and appear, and disappear. And notice there's something that doesn't do anything. Find that. Find out who you are. If you find out who you are, I'm not saying you won't have a, uh, you know, won't uh, bump your shins or something like that, or have uh, get served bad food in a restaurant, but you won't you won't have the, that extra kind of uh, difficulty or suffering that comes from anxiety and worry. Still have nerve. As long as we have nerve endings, we're going to have some kind of difficulty. Why continue? Huh? Why continue? Why not? Because everything seems like suffering. Well, are you saying like take take ourselves out and or yeah? Okay. Well, you can't end who you are because you haven't begun. You can't end. It's it's true that you're not separate. So it's true, but you don't have to believe me. It's not something I believe. It's, uh, you've heard me say this before, something I know. And how do I know it? I don't know it. That's how I know it. Not separate. This kind of knowing is not relative. It's not, I know this and I don't know that. You have another question? 
more about that. It seems like we have a choice. Choice to do what? To continue or not. You've been able to listen to Jean-Paul Sartre, or possibly Albert Camus, or one of the other existentialist uh, people who were so full of themselves. I don't mean this negatively. I'm just saying they, they, they were still working with the concept of the belief in the self, trying to solve a problem. <clears throat> this is why they have this existential angst of, you know, it, it all comes down. And if you don't look at the fundamental situation, which is a, the mistaken identity that there is someone and, there, but, and the mistaken identity that there's someone else, then there's going to be this kind of tension between me and them, or this and that, this and that, the, the polarity of the situation. So the, in our situation, the reason you continue is to save all beings. Put others before yourself. You want to be happy? Help with other people in their happiness. So if we don't have a choice in what seems like coming into the world, where does it seem like we get a choice to continue or not? Uh, I, you know, I'm not, the whole idea of choice is, uh, I don't use that. I'm not saying it doesn't appear like there are choices, like, but we, in, we, we invent stuff just based on this. There's, uh, the, these things are laying there, but it's a very simple situation, the, the choosing situation, just like it's very simple to just, I'll just take my life. But it's, it just misses the whole point. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a cosmic joke because you can't destroy who you are. You would, you would, uh, and I, uh, you would, the body would drop because you killed yourself. But you wouldn't go anywhere. You weren't anywhere in the first place. You just didn't know it because you had no spiritual path. You were constantly working with materialism. I want this. I want that. I don't want that. I want this. I'm going to join that army. I'm going to be the general of this army. In the next lifetime, I'm going to be a slave in, uh, in Eritrea. You're such a Sparky. <laughs> uh, yes, it does. You have to save all beings. People are suffering. We're suffering. We have our suffering. Just what little bit you've experienced today. What just what Michael was talking about. Or what he's going through trying to train his mind. And just uh, the, the comings and goings of our, our mental qualities around the situation. Whether we should do this or shouldn't do that. Or I should have got up earlier. That kind of suffering. There's always some kind of uh, disease. Second noble truth. And there, people are suffering everywhere. So we uh, begin to put others before ourselves. This doesn't mean you're you're ignoring your own situation and being crazy about it. Find out who you are. If you find out who you are, then you see who they are. It's it's in the sutras that even uh, once they go far enough, they eventually say there isn't anyone to save because we're not separate. But by trying to do that, you eventually begin to see that there isn't anyone else but this. There's just wisdom. Wisdom only sees wisdom. Not something to believe, 
not something to disbelieve, not something to ignore, just aware. So it has different levels to it. The first one is to begin to put others before yourself, to begin to really think about others. And then it starts to go uh, become deeper and deeper because the people we try to do that at first are we see how, you know, who wants to save those guys? You know, they're, they don't like me, they mistreat me, uh, they don't, you know, and so on. But through practicing and practicing, looking at our own uh, uh, set up here, our own, our own uh, sensorium, our mind and the way our own mind works, we eventually begin to see when we look out, much to our surprise, we see that we can see deeper into that person. The person that was being mean to us or, or disruptive or uh, um, disagreeable, we see, we see deeper. We see, just like, like it was there all the time, but we just didn't notice it. We see how much suffering they're having. And we might approach them differently rather than go to war with them, fight with them, or, you know, hands on our hips, start fighting with them or something, we might, we might address them in a different way that would, that would begin to, uh, not condescending, uh, but that would begin to um, touch on the area of their, their consciousness that's struggling so much and is probably hiding out because it doesn't, want, it doesn't want to be looked at. A lot of the people we meet are just suffering so intensely and act like they're just arrogant assholes. But they're suffering. All, all the people we see that we are upset with, uh, wherever in politics or in the wherever they are in the world, we're they're suffering. No matter how evil they are, no one gets to be a, a human human being without going through suffering. More. Do we have to make friends with ourselves before we can start helping others? I think it happens all at the same time. We're we're working with ourselves and. Same time we're working with others, and then we notice a, we might notice a, a where our, our awareness is without even us even doing anything, but except just observing and observing, we notice that, that somehow we just understand more about ourselves. We're 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 noticing the negativity in ourselves that we're we're less likely to be at war with. We we understand that if we can make friends with that negativity, which doesn't mean get really getting rid of it, because we're actually observing the negativity rather than wrestling with it, rather than covering it up or doing anything with it. Then when we encounter, because our attitude towards negativity has been dealt with in this way, then our attitude towards negativity out there is dealt with uh, more, uh, uh, more with awareness and less with aggression, more with, uh, more with understanding. The beginning of compassion. Compassion is not a feeling we have. Uh, it's something, it's just an understanding that we have. Excuse me, where we were putting someone else before ourselves. More? Is there an end goal to saving all beings? Like, what is. Not until they're all saved. saved. You've got to save all of them. Okay. <laughs> 8,962. <laughs> so, the idea, uh, the whole idea of end goal is, uh, is a materialistic idea that, that things come to an end, and they do. Material. Our body comes to an end. Bodies go back into the elements. Earth, air, fire, fire, water. I almost said fodder and wire. <laughs> so we, we <coughs> things are, 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 as soon as they start up, uh, as soon as they're born, it's like Rumi in the other room. Rumi's here, but Rumi is slowly uh, going the other direction. He's growing up, but he's 
going to go down, just like we're doing the same thing. We're way ahead of you. And then, of course, anything can happen because we're vulnerable. So we just, you just, just continue. No, no one really knows. There's no way to know what the, what kind of source there is to this. It looks like it might be in the nature of light, but that's speculation, and that's also a, a high level of materialism. Might not even be that at all. I'm not interested in that. If there doesn't seem to be a beginning or an end to beings, does the consciousness still need to embody in order to, to save them? No. No consciousness doesn't. You don't have to come back here. You may. You may come back here through a vow. The the Karmapas and the the, the Dalai Lama and those other Tibetan lamas. The and it depends. There's no way. There's no way to check anybody's credentials there. But it looks like that's happening. I mean, I know it happens through the seventeenth Karmapa, because I know him. I've never met him, but I don't need to meet him. So that's a good example of a bodhisattva, someone who's returning through the the power of a vow, a vow to be with all things, a vow to save all beings, coming back into a uh, into the. The realm of desire, the hell realm, the hungry ghost realm, the animal realm, the human realm, the jealous god realm, and the god realm, which is a difficult stew to enter into as a baby. More? Um, you just given the example of uh, light or light beings, and it seems like any kind of interaction that we have around that, it looks like they can change form or they can embody in order to help beings, but they're not necessarily born into this physical yeah. situation. So, are those beings still functioning out of a sense of the self? If somebody's there to believe it, including them. You follow me? You do? <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you talked about earlier about how um, we see someone that might be coming at us or being aggressive, yes. that we see their suffering. Can we be imputing that suffering? I think quite often that's that can be happening. Which I understand where you're going, but what, what's the intent there? Yes. Um, I think about a specific situation where I had a boss a couple of years ago that I kind of, it looked like he was suffering and taking things out of me, but like looking back, it seemed a lot more helpful than that. Like he was maybe helping me. Hmm. So I'm just wondering if, if the suffering is even saying a little too much. I don't know. It's a specific situation. I think you'd have to use your awareness to understand that more deeply. Interesting, though, that it would change for you over time. You'll, anybody who practices meditation over length of time will notice that anything that happened in the past, you'll start to look at it from a different point of view because uh, nothing lasts. Um, kind of coming out of Andrew's questioning, 
Is there a pain of pain um, without a body? Like if we don't have a form, is there still pain of pain? I think there could be uh, because uh, once we've had the experience of this, it's like a dream of pain. It's painful. Anyone had a dream that they were having pain and it was painful? Yeah. Or like the dream of a, the one I like to use is dream of a taste that was as vivid, if not more vivid than any other taste. I dreamt I bit a fly crawled in my mouth and I bit the fly and it was horribly, just a horrible, sour, nasty taste. And then I woke up and there was no taste at all. So it's obvious that it was a, a dreamed taste. But that's a, that's a very uh, intimate sense. So I would think so. I, I think it's very, very complex. The whole, that whole uh, matrix of, of thinking and consciousness and the sense fields and the sense objects, the ayatanas, the, 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 the various ways those all interact and overlap. And, uh, I think it's very complicated. I think anything is probably possible, at least to appear in a certain way. I'm glad I answered all your questions. Anything else? Um, there's sometimes on the cushion where I'll not notice that I've kind of been caught in a daydream, and then when I notice that, it seems like even to just observe pulls away from that. So. Is observing still an activity at that time? I, I think if there's intention to observe, then probably whatever happens takes on that flavor. Even though it might be getting drowned by something, you're still observing it. You still know that's happening, so there's observation happening, especially with you. When you say uh, don't believe our thoughts, can if we're not believing them, can we still be acting out of them? Yeah. Could be. What does it mean to believe a thought? Think that it's has some credibility or it's true and we need to act on it or either, either act on it or stop from acting on it or try to shut it down. Passion, aggression, ignorance. Or, or all the nuances between there, which are probably unaccountable. Yeah. It seems like um, we can get caught in a trap of thinking that if we're acting out of a thought that we're caught up in belief about that we're doing something wrong. I just said more. I hear what you're saying, but it seems to be spinning around. I don't think anything I could say other than just keep observing that, keep returning to that. Nothing lasts. So anything you, re anytime you see, think you're not making any headway or you're or you're getting stuck, that's 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 uh, you know who who's talking to you, don't you? That's your self-centeredness trying to get you to stop doing that. Stop doing that. This is not working. 
ego does not want to be seen, and it is uh, it is uh, highly sophisticated at getting at uh, at avoiding and hiding out from your wisdom mind. Can that show up as thinking that we shouldn't be having instances where we believe our thoughts anymore? You can be it can show up in anything. It's very tiring. Ego is very tiring. He just just wants to have a part in the whole thing. He just wants to be on stage. Even if even if it'll be on stage, even if I only get a bit part, I just want to be here. I just want to wit- witness my own funeral. Just let me sit on the sidelines. I promise I won't make any make a mess. Yes. You had mentioned something about observing, the observing. How do we do that? Hmm. So it's, it would be difficult to uh, describe. I, I thought about it a little bit, a little earlier, and I, I still haven't come up with any way to describe that. But it's 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 like I'll use some metaphors for it. It's like whatever's happening, and you notice that you're looking at something. <coughs> something and you it's like you drop back a quarter of an inch just to use that kind of a metaphor because I think that works you just drop back away from that a little bit and then watch the quality of observation rather than the observation itself you're watching something about the texture of the observation or the or the quality of the observation and if, if there's anything uh, into the observation that is that is analyzing ahead of time. In other words, it's something is coming in and it's immediately jumping on it as well. This shouldn't be or that should be. So I think it's a. Uh, uh, I would call it recede, which is I think I've even given a talk called recede once, maybe a few years ago. But it's about everything is here. You're looking at it. You're doing the best you can, and you see what's happening. Uh, for uh, with whatever kind of quality it would it would be either clear or kind of clear or not so clear or whatever it may be just recede slightly and without any intention or without any uh, wish to get something else just recede and whatever shows up that's it you don't even say that's it you don't even look for something to show up anything you add by way of commentary or description is extra and, and it looks it looks totally valid though I should be able to say this or say that but it's extra more does observation imply some sort of focused intensity or looking directly I guess I get the image of intensity when I'm trying to focus on something so is that so observation is not focus Focus is uh, more like uh, concentration or, um, excuse me. <clears throat> more like narrowing in on something. Observation would be a little more like that. You're not being selective about it. You, you might notice that some things show up more. It's not that you're deliberately trying to not look at anything. You, you don't mind looking at this or looking at that. Uh, in terms of visual things or uh, anything happening happening in your mind, your consciousness, 
you might look at it, but you don't do anything with it. You don't back away from it. You don't join it. The three poisons again. You don't. You don't back away. You don't. You don't start to lobby on behalf of that particular thought. Do nothing with it. Difficult to do nothing with it. Uh, the tr Tibetan tradition, uh, Buddhism in general, this is called renunciation, misunderstanding. That you know, it's difficult to understand renunciation in this way. It's not something you renounce. That's a lower level of understanding. Go ahead. When we observe that we're focusing, how do we recede from that? I think that's a start. You just notice that you're narrowing in on something and just watch the narrowing in. Because there's you're narrowing in, you're narrowing in and you're focused on something. Just watch that. By doing that, you'll begin to understand through contrast, awareness works through contrast, not through uh, analysis. Uh, contrast sees the texture of things, sees the, the smoothness or the roughness or, the, or the, the speed of one thing and the slowness of another thing. Uh, the, it looks at phenomena in its uh, in, uh, depersonalized. Just a way of saying it. So that, there's, so that the subjectivity, objectivity part of it become very low... Uh, very low um, aspects of your experience. And what does become there is, this is bright and this is dull, this is rough, this is smooth. More. And it's a matter of continuing on that. To say, when you come in, when you start to feel uh, not so good, like you're not getting anywhere, uh, like and you, you know, those of you who live here practice a lot. Those of you who don't live here, don't live here, practice a lot. I'm just saying that seems to be necessary to practice a lot to be able to understand deeply. And I would just say, uh, when you start to feel uh, that you're not getting anywhere, or this is not working, or uh, you know, whatever kind of difficulty is coming up for you, uh, just, just continue. Just keep going. Don't add anything on that. Don't believe your thoughts. Don't believe your analysis. Um, just proceed. Hewn. Um, we notice her focusing. Does it help to flash on something that comes up? How so? I'm narrowing in on an anger, but then I notice some kind of movement um, in my vision. Should I flash on that? I, I don't think there's any instruction for it. Just let your, just allow your whole awareness, the whole field of awareness, be something where you, you can move any direction without any particular agenda going on. Once you sit down, if we're talking about sitting meditation, yes. So once you sit down and take up a symmetrical posture, then everything is just to be observed. There's no no intention to be a meditator, no intention to be mindful. I don't use any of those terms. I'm sure you've noticed. It's a, it's a whole, that's a different way of talking about this. Not wrong, it's just not something I do, even though I taught it for many, many years. Yes? Can we practice in a way that takes us further away from the truth? I think so, yeah. But you can't leave it, because if you can go further away from something, then you can also come back. Yes? I really hadn't considered this until Junchu's question, but like, if we have a different idea, a different idea of what observation is, we might not even be practicing in the way that you're teaching us. Very, very possible. But it takes time. We just keep going. 
just keep going. By the time you get to what I meant, I'll be thinking of something else. <laughs> I mean that. You can't, if, a, if a, a, the teaching can't, can, can, can never be static. It's not the teaching of the Buddha. Teaching of the Buddha has no, has no form. Uh, even though there are forms that support it as, as, a, as a lineage and as and having some longevity, the fundamental teaching of the Buddha is your heartbeat. You carry it with you everywhere. You can awaken to it, unlikely without some kind of help or training, but it's available to everyone all the time. Uh, William from Grand Rapids asks, yes, William. is all thought extra? I think, uh, I'm not sure how, William, how you're, a- how you're asking, but it's, it's not exactly extra. It's just that it's, it's used as a, we tend to prioritize this thought process because it protects the self-centeredness, the ego the narcissism from uh, to help promote it and uh, we can use thought to strategize we look at other patterns and things that are happening and take advantage of some things and it serves the passion aggression ignorance uh, model of the mind i want it i don't want it who cares and uh but it's not it's not extra it's just uh it's misused it's not seen as a as a tool as a, as a way of relating to things in a conceptual way. Uh, instead of leading our, with our awareness, most, most human beings lead with their thought process, their opinions, their ideas, their, their prejudices, and their hopes and fears are right out in front all the time, and you can't hardly even find them. In the middle of that uh, situation is uh, uh, emptiness. And so they... They're, they're extra in that they keep getting in the way out of fear or out of hope or out of something. They keep getting in the way of the very wisdom mind that you're, you have as a human being. You're already the Buddha. You're already completely clear about everything. This does not mean that you will feel clear. That's a misunderstanding. Feeling clear is more about ego. Somebody says... I had such a great meditation. Quite often I'll say, well, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. Have I said that to anybody in here? That's because you never brag about your meditation. (laughs) (laughs) But we have to meet people where they're at, help them where they're at. Some people are in a horrible, horrible situation. They're probably not going to meditate. They never meditate. But we we could still hold their hand. We could still have, have some coffee with them. or We could be with them. Listen to what they have to say. Listen to how they're doing. But the thought process. You know, some people sometimes when people are born with really, uh, really, really powerful thought process, they tend to use that. Uh, I'm trying to think of that one fellow on YouTube. I've listened to a few of his videos, but really, really intelligent person. But you can tell if you're if you're a practitioner, you can tell. You don't have to be uh, the enlightened one to be able to tell if this person operates totally out of his thinking and has very li- little awareness training. There, there's no space in there. There's just him and his ideas, and he's right. 
And if you don't think he's right, then show him how he's wrong, and he'll show you that you were wrong. And he's very good at doing it. can't think of his name. I probably wouldn't say it anyway here on YouTube. I, the only word I would say on YouTube is Leonardo da Vinci. I mean, he was not full of himself. Is that the end? <laughs> That's a good guy to end with. What a cool guy he must have been. Thank you, my friends. We'll stand and dedicate the merit back of our yellow chant books, and we'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes <coughs> in the hallway. Please uh, help us as much as you can financially. Teachings and teachings can continue. May you bear this penetrating to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sangha, family, friends, and visitors. Feel everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and show them the 